Funding for Smart Talk is provided by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. Serving the community for over 75 years, Capital Blue Cross is behind you for whatever lies ahead. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health. Its 11 principal investigators and 9 nurse coordinators conduct research efforts to advance cardiovascular medicine. Information at pinnaclehealth.org slash myheart. Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. The Pennsylvania House of Representatives passed a bill last week greatly expanding the scope of gambling in the state. Bars, airports, bowling alleys, VFWs, and private clubs would legally be allowed to operate video gambling machines. Online gambling would be permitted as well as online fan- as well as online fantasy sports betting. It would also allow the state lottery to operate online games, and it restructures the revenue sharing calculations. In the next hour, we'll hear from a variety of voices throughout the state, some in support, some against the gambling expansion. Joining us right up front is uh, State Representative Mike Durley, uh, Sterla. He's a Democrat from Lancaster County. Representative Sterla, welcome back to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. If you have a question or comment, give us a call, 1-800-729-7532, or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Now, you supported House Bill 271 that expands gaming in Pennsylvania. Why did you support it? Well, um, I don't view it as an expansion of gaming. Um, I view it as an expansion of legal gaming in the state of Pennsylvania, um, being replaced, uh, replacing illegal gambling in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, if, let's go all the way back to when Ernie Preate was uh, the attorney general. Um, he went to jail for taking campaign contributions uh, for, from bars uh, that had illegal VGTs in their bars. Um, you know, so for at least 30 years, there's been an issue of these illegal VGTs in bars throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Um, State police estimate that there are 40,000 illegal machines in the state of Pennsylvania right now, today. Uh, what this proposal would do, at least the VGT portion of it, would say any machine found that's not hooked up to the state system would uh, be accompanied by a $10,000 fine and a loss of liquor license. Um, you know, And so we're replacing 40,000 illegal machines that make nothing for the state of Pennsylvania or the citizens of Pennsylvania and replace it with uh, 40,000 legal machines that, uh, at least if we look at the Illinois example where they did this, is currently producing about $350 million a year in revenue for the taxpayers of Illinois. Uh, We believe it can produce that much or possibly more in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, I want to throw a curveball at you, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here. But uh, with that same argument, uh, Representative, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Auditor General Eugene D. Pasquale talked about uh, legalizing marijuana for recreational purposes. We know there are a lot of people who are legally using marijuana. Would you also support that? Uh, Actually, I would. Uh, I know that's a controversial issue, but uh, I think we've seen enough in the other states i have uh, previously been opposed to that um only from the standpoint that uh, i didn't think we should be the first out there seeing whether it worked or not um but uh, at least the uh, preliminary uh, indications that i've seen from the states where they have legalized it uh they haven't seen uh, an increase in any crime rates they've seen a lot of dollars flow into the state treasury for uh, education and for other programs. Um, and uh, I, I think it's a, a recognition of reality in one sense. So you're consistent with your your, your uh, support then. So, uh, Representative, you were just talking about uh, how you think that uh, this will allow the state to tap in what is illegal right now. But at the same time, it would be a great expansion of legal gambling in Pennsylvania, make Pennsylvania one of the, the, the largest outlets, if not the largest outlet in the country as far as availability to, to gain. Uh, well, I, I think we'd be comparable to Illinois, um, and so, and certainly we're no nowhere near uh, where places like Nevada are. Um, so, uh, I really don't. What we're talking about here is forty thousand machines. Uh, 
we're not talking about. I know there's uh, ads on TV that say these will be in nursing homes and, uh, you know, everywhere. My guess is that, first off, they're only allowed in uh, establishments with liquor licenses or some truck stops because, uh, you know, when the trucker stops and is there for the night, he's got no place to go. And, um, you know, so we, in one sense, have a captive audience. Um, but uh, I, there are a whole lot of restaurants that will never put one of these machines in their establishment. Um, you know, and my guess is that not even every bar or tavern will. Uh, there's going to be a cost associated with it. Uh, and, you know, you put a machine in and it takes up seating space. Uh, so if your bar is uh, normally full, you probably won't put one of these in your uh, establishment. If um on the other hand, you've got some extra space in your bar and uh, your patrons are, you know, regular patrons. You don't have a lot of new uh, clientele. Uh, this might be a, a good way to supplement the income of some of those neighborhood bars um, and, uh, you know, help out the state of Pennsylvania. It's like the, the scratch off lottery tickets. Uh, you know, you walk in, you get a cup of coffee, uh, you, you buy one of those lottery tickets. Um, and we are going to address that commercial uh, that, uh, that you mentioned about the nursing homes. I understand that uh, from one of your colleagues that that was an oversight that didn't realize that uh, there are some nursing homes in this state that have liquor licenses. I didn't know that as well. And, well but but right. Mike, and, well, but but I but I also think that uh, there again, um, if the nursing home which has a liquor license chooses to put one of these machines in, then. Do I really care if someone in a uh, senior living center um, who, who says, hey, this will be fun to go down and play the VGT machine on, uh, you know, Tuesday mornings instead of playing bingo? Uh, is, is that is there really something wrong with allowing uh, somebody in their senior years to play a VGT? Well, well, if maybe that person suffers from dementia or, uh, you know, has a medical condition, that may not be uh, the fairest thing in the world. Yeah, well, what, what the law also says is that uh, anybody who is incapacitated uh, is not allowed. You have to have somebody monitoring these machines. Um, so it's not like it's just sitting in the hallway for anybody to use. Yeah, who makes that call in, in a tavern, uh, in a restaurant, in a, a truck stop? Who makes that call that someone is underage or incapacitated, intoxicated? The the same person that makes the call right now as to whether someone is underage for drinking or incapacitated for serving them drinks. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, one of the things that uh, we keep hearing, at least in the media coverage, is that uh, this is a way to try to plug the budget hole that uh, Pennsylvania has, that uh, there are there have been estimates of anywhere from two to three hundred million dollars that this would bring in. Uh, do you see this as a revenue enhancer? Well, it, it is, I believe, as a byproduct. I'm, I'm in favor of VGTs, um, even if it didn't bring in any money from the standpoint that I think it's uh, uh, unfortunate that we continue to turn a, bl a blind eye to the illegal machines that are out there today. Um, you know, I always use the example of uh, I've walked into bars in the western part of the state or the northeastern part of the state and you see these machines, and I've never played them because I know that even if I hit, you know, three bars or whatever it is to win, if I walk up to the bartender and say, hey, I just hit three bars over there, he's going to say, good for you. And I'm going to say, where's my payout? And he's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. That would be illegal. But if I'm a regular customer, I'll get a payout. So I would never put money in one of those machines. In fact, in the western part of the state, the local municipality, which knows these illegal machines are out there, charges an amusement tax for the machine to be in there um, under the guise that it's just a fun machine that, uh, you know, doesn't generate any money. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I think we're, we're all sort of uh, complicit in the wink and the nod if we continue to let this activity go on. Uh, and the state police tell us that uh, it's very hard to prosecute these because when they walk into those bars, the bartender won't pay out to them either because they're not a regular patron, and he believes they're an undercover agent. So you have to be a regular attendee in that bar as an undercover agent 
before you can um, catch these illegal machines. Uh, let's talk about some of the obje- objections to the legislation. Uh, the biggest one that we hear is that it would take money away from existing casinos in Pennsylvania. What do you say to that? Well, uh, there again, there's 40,000 machines that are out there already. And so if we're replacing 40,000 illegal machines with 40,000 legal machines, I'm not sure how that takes it away. However, in Illinois, where we saw an experiment which is almost exactly identical to what's going on in Pennsylvania, there was a little bleed out of the casinos, and there was a little bleed from the lottery. And so in this legislation, we've actually included $38 million to go back to the lottery to replace any lost revenue, and uh, the we've allowed for the casinos to expand in their OTBs, their off-track betting parlors, uh, and allow them to put slot machines in those off-track betting parlors so they can recoup anything that uh, may be lost. We've also allowed them to do iGaming, uh, which is gaming on the Internet, which, again, I also support because right now there is illegal Internet gaming going on, and there's no protections for the consumer. Uh, you know, if you deposit $500 in an offshore account and you they decide they don't want to pay you, uh, go, go try and track down an, an offshore gambling company. And what do you do? Go to the attorney general and say, I was gaming, I was gambling illegally on the Internet. Would you please go track that down for me? <laughs> Don't think that would happen. But right. we do have casinos. The, the, the casinos, from what I understand, all but one, Penn National Gaming, uh, is against this expansion. But at the same time, they do support uh, the the online gaming. This is something that they've right. wanted to get into for some time. What about the lottery? I mean, Pennsylvania is unique in that we are the only state in the country where uh, all lottery proceeds go to senior citizen programs. And right. I'm, I'm wondering, first of all, would this cut into lottery profits? And then I'm going to ask the question about where the money does go. But what about the lottery? Well, there's there's uh, mixed reviews on that. Uh, the current uh, revenue department says, yes, it would cut into the lottery. In the past, when we tried to run this bill before uh, the casinos were there, uh, it said it didn't cut into the lottery. Um, and, you know, if we were concerned about uh, casinos cutting into the or uh, VGTs cutting into the lottery, uh, we should never have allowed casinos in the state of Pennsylvania either because they were cutting into the lottery. And so what they did was there was some replacement dollars placed there. We, we made sure that the lottery was uh, held harmless. And that's what we're doing with the VGTs also. Um, so, look, I, I'm, I have been a supporter of the lottery. Uh, I'm not going to let the lottery go by the wayside and actually want to enhance it. We, in this bill, we also allow the lottery to do iLottery tickets, um, which means that you can just, uh, you know, instead of having to go into a, a, a place to buy your lottery when, lottery ticket when it's, uh, you know, that the $385 billion or whatever they get to, uh, you can uh, buy them online also. Uh, so we've we've allowed for them to do uh, what we believe is moving into the you know twenty uh, first century here, and uh, you know allowed them the same things that we're allowing the casinos to do. Hmm. So, Mike, uh, where does the money go for, for this? I mean, if and I think it's. Uh, you know, being optimistic if we go from, I mean, I've heard people say we're being optimistic if we get two to $300 million. Obviously, there's a big difference between two and $300 million. But uh, where does that money go? Does it go into the general fund or just what? Yeah, well, it, it a portion of it goes into the general fund. And in the first year, we think that it would only be about $100 million because so you get these installed in bars uh, and taverns. Uh, you know, you're not going to see the, the revenue generated uh, first day. Um, but uh, the experience of Illinois, which is a state with a similar population, um, there's no uh, BGTs in the city of Chicago. There was estimated 40,000 illegal machines in Illinois, just like there is in Pennsylvania. And they now have, I think, 32,000 legal machines, and they're generating a billion dollars a year, of which the state is getting $350 million a year. In, in, the, in the state of Pennsylvania, 
we will put some money in the general fund. There will be uh, 4% that goes to counties and municipalities that have these machines. Uh, there's uh, $2.5 million for uh, fire services. There's $3 million for extra policing in the uh, city of Philadelphia related to uh, stop and goes. Um, there's a whole host of things that we do. We put some uh, $38 million back into the lottery. Um, so I, I think it's a fairly well thought out bill. Uh, the bill that ran last year, which I was, I'm a supporter of VGTs, I actually voted against because I thought the bill was not put together properly. But I think this year we've, we've gotten a, a, a very good mix. Okay, now you say that you think that this is a, a good bill, but there has been criticism from those who oppose it of how quickly it moved uh, through the legislature. It's a 675-page bill, and one of your colleagues said uh, there's no way you you know, you know read this bill, the entire bill, 675 pages. I mean, it does seem like it's moving pretty quickly. Well, it is moving pretty quickly, and I think part of that is to have it be at least considered for part of the budget negotiations. Um, so, you know, my sense is that it will not come back in the exact form that it was sent over to the Senate. Uh, the Senate had sent us a gaming bill earlier in the year. Um, so I think there will be some further negotiations that go on. Um, but uh, this is a place to start. Um, and as far as the, the, the budget, um, you know, even if the total bill would with, you know, $100 million from BGTs coming in the first year and maybe $100 million with all the other things that are getting done, um, it, it's not going to plug the budget hole. We're looking at a budget hole of about $4 billion. So this is perhaps a small piece of it. And with the VGTs, it would be continuing revenue out into the future and actually growing revenue for the state out into the future. But um, this is not the silver bullet that's going to the budget. So there's, I don't think anybody has any uh, false illusions about uh, this. Uh, you know, if we just did gaming, we don't have a budgetary issue anymore. We still have a budgetary issue, and there's a whole lot of work to do. I think this is a small part of it, but uh, I believe a necessary part of it. Well, Mike, one final question. How far does Pennsylvania go with gaming? I mean, this would seem to be, of course, technology always creates a lot of new opportunities, but this would seem to be the end line, that there, there's nowhere else you could go with this, that uh, Pennsylvania has expanded gambling. You know, something that we, in 2004, I haven't even discussed, is that a lot of this money was supposed to go for property tax relief. Um, so how far do we go with this? Is this the end of the yeah. line? Well, a lot of this money is going to property tax relief. I think people thought they were going to get their uh, property tax bills eliminated, and no one ever said that there was uh, that much money in gaming. Um, but there has been some property tax relief. Uh, unfortunately, the state has not done their job in, in keeping up with uh, funding for schools. And so even though there's some property tax relief, uh, if the state doesn't follow through and provide funding for schools, the local school district's going to raise taxes anyway. And um, so I, I think people saw, uh, in some cases, almost a wash because we saw the defunding of education back during the past administration. Um, we're, we are now, uh, in 2017, just reaching levels of funding for education that were uh, in 2008. So we're, we're way behind the eight ball from the state's perspective in terms of funding education. Um, even with the lottery money, but yeah, I don't think you can, or with the, the casino money, I don't think you can blame the casinos for that. And there is supposed to be another casino coming online in Philadelphia. I've been supportive of that. Um, I know uh, at one point in time, uh, the previous governor had talked about uh, selling the lottery system, which I wasn't for, but the supposed uh, way they were going to generate lots of money was by uh, implementing Keno. Uh, I know the state of Maryland has Keno. Um, so, I mean, I think there's still some opportunities out there. Um, again, you know, if, if for those people that aren't interested in gaming, no one uh, forces them to uh, play. And the one thing that I think has been good about uh, legalized gaming in the state of Pennsylvania is that there is money put away for uh, gambling addiction services. And uh, if somebody is really an addicted gambler, they can be an addicted gambler illegally. And there's no money to help them. 
And so this is a, a way to, to at least have the state regulate what's going on uh, in the state. Democratic State Representative Mike Sterla of Lancaster County. Mike, thank you very much for being with us today. Sure, thank you. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Smart Talk is supported by Capital Blue Cross, providing health care coverage accepted by doctors and specialists in all 50 states. More information is available at capbluecross.com. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health, who is studying a new surgical technique that allows surgeons to make repairs to the heart without having to open the chest cavity and while the heart is beating. Info at pinnaclehealth.org. We're talking about House Bill 271, a bill that greatly expands legal gambling in Pennsylvania. Now, you've probably seen this television commercial over the past week. Let me play this for you. Okay, if I could get the right one on the air, we'll be we'll be fine. Uh, let's see here. Just hold on, bear with me, and I'll get this on the air, and we will be fine as soon as. <laughs> Folks, technology is great, but here we go. Harrisburg politicians have a plan to create over 12,000 casinos across Pennsylvania. They want to put blackjack and poker machines in delis, restaurants, bars, and pizza shops even nursing homes. These gambling machines are called VGTs, and 40,000 of them can be just a few feet from your house. The machines can be put next to schools, churches, and playgrounds. Tell Harrisburg, no VGTs. Paid for by Pennsylvanians for responsible government. Joining us now is Bob Howard, co-founder of the Pennsylvania Coalition for Responsible Government. Mr. Howard, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Thank you. Glad to join you. All right. So let's talk about uh, this commercial. Uh, How did your organization, a conservative organization, get involved with putting this on the air? Uh, Well, we are uh, involved in trying to make sure government is responsible to the citizens and not to special interests. For us, this, uh, this latest effort on expanding gambling is a symptom of the failure of the governor and the General Assembly to control spending. Uh, Therefore, they're now going to tell us that we should depend on financing government uh, by taxing our vices. Uh, And it appears that some members of the General Assembly forgot their pledges not to raise taxes, to pay for spending increases that are greater than the cost of living increases in Pennsylvania. So quite simply, this is a tax increase. Anytime you extract more money from the private sector for use by the public sector, you've increased taxes and you're growing the government at the expense of the private sector. And what the government is doing is certainly expanding, controlling more of the economy and creating a lot more special interest. Well, when you talk about special interests, though, uh, I understand that Sands Casino in Bethlehem is uh, putting up uh, the, the money for uh, for this uh, this TV spot that's airing. Uh, I'm not aware of that. Well, who? Where did you come up with a million dollars? I mean, I understand this is a million dollar buy. Where, where did you come up with a million dollars? Well. I'm- my uh, organization and myself, I'm not involved in that commercial. Uh, I don't know the answer to your question uh, because when they're using Pennsylvanians for a responsible government, uh, that's not the organization that I'm involved with. What organization are you involved with? Uh, our uh, organization is, is Pennsylvanians for a responsible government. We're just a loose uh, net uh, group of uh, average individuals who promotes uh, limited government uh, for the obvious reasons. Once government expands into these areas, there are a lot of special interests, and it limits the rights of individual citizens. All right, so I'm totally confused. When that spot says that it is paid for by Pennsylvanians for responsible government, that's not you? No, it is not. Who is it? Uh, I don't know. They have the same name as you. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not aware of who this group is or what they are doing. Okay, well, <laughs> then I have to say that we're a little bit confused on this end because uh, they have the exact same name that you do, 
and uh, they've they've kind of hijacked your name, put it that way. So you just your organization does oppose this based on it being a tax and that you want to see uh, spending cuts, correct? Uh, yes, and this this example of uh, this ad. Uh, is another problem we have with the bill and with bills that are similar to this. Whenever government gets involved, it creates a special interest, like the casino business. Therefore, they will uh, do everything they can to protect their interest. That includes running these types of ads, which are in many ways misleading. Uh, They're not worried about protecting uh, your children in your school. They're worried about protecting their franchise, their investment that they've made in the casino business. And this is an example of what happens when government creates special interest. And the other thing that worries us is these special interests also form PACs, also give political contributions to politicians. And it's amazing how many politicians can't control spending, but they can certainly rally around tax increases. They can certainly rally around opportunities to protect special interests that they have created. Mm-hmm. And I think the citizens of Pennsylvania should demand better representation and better uh, people in Harrisburg than those who are willing, in the name of creating revenue for good causes, create these special interests, and then these special interests prey on the citizens of Pennsylvania. Bob Howard is uh, one of the founders of Pennsylvanians for Responsible Government, and not that Pennsylvanians for Responsible Government. Mr. Howard, thank you very much for being with us today. Uh, thank you. Well, that's uh, that's a first here on uh, Smart Talk, the, the same organization, an organization that has the same name as another organization out there. But uh, uh, this organization, this Pennsylvania for Responsible Government, also opposed the gaming bill. Just a, a little bit of background um, with, you know, I did see a, a breakdown of uh, the commercial, an analysis of uh, the commercial that was uh, on that is running on uh, television and uh, a couple things uh, about it uh, in that commercial it says that uh, you know there will be up to 26,000 of these uh, machines these video gaming machines across the state actually the number could be up to 40,000 as you heard uh, representative Sterla say so the number's off a little bit but uh, yeah they they stopped at uh, 26,000 um but you know something that I mentioned to Representative Sterla about uh, nursing homes. Uh, I understand that uh, one of the bill sponsors said that that was an oversight. Did not realize that there are nursing homes that have liquor licenses, and there will be an amendment offered to make sure that uh, there isn't gaming going on in uh, nursing homes. So uh, that's one of the things that uh, we did find out about the bill. And calling them the other uh, thing that was a bit of a stretch is in that uh, TV spot, it says uh, up to 26,000 casinos. Well, the the maximum number of machines would be five. So that's hardly a casino, but at the same time, it is offering uh, what you could find in a casino. Um, we'll go take a phone call now from Jim and Enola. Jim, you called when uh, Representative Stir was on, and we're going to uh, we have another state rep coming up in just a minute. But you had a point that you wanted to make about this. What is it? Hi, Scott. Hi. Uh, yeah, I I think that uh, I have kind of a nuanced view of this, which isn't susceptible to a ten second sound spot, and and that that may be a problem. But uh, I think that uh, there's nothing wrong with having gambling in Pennsylvania. Uh, to uh, and, and if there are is uh, illegal gambling going on, then we ought to try to to get uh, the state share of, of revenue from that. And if there's before we had the casinos, uh, there was a lot of people going to other states. This, those other states were getting that revenue, and Pennsylvania had a right to get that. On the other hand, uh, we don't want to try to balance the state budget on the backs of the less fortunate and. The concern about uh, having so many uh, gambling locations without uh, sufficient uh, regulation and so forth is that it's, it's just that. You know, we, we, we seem to be uh, 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 trying to balance the budget on, uh, on, on the backs of 
folks who smoke and folks who drink and folks who gamble. And I, I just think it's a failure of responsibility on, on the part of our legislature and on the public at large. The legislators need to step up and say, folks, we have a multi-billion dollar deficit that we've got to fix. And the only way we're going to do that is mostly by increasing state income taxes and uh, increasing uh, other taxes that everybody's going to have to pay. And, and uh, if, if, because our legislators won't do that, it is a failure of responsibility. So that, that's what I think. Thank you. All right, Jim, thank you very much for your call. And we're going to be talking about uh, the expansion of gambling and the negative aspects of it uh, in just a few minutes. A reminder, today, this afternoon at uh, 2.30, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is scheduled to testify before the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. He's expected to field questions about Russian efforts to influence the 2016 election, the ongoing investigation of Russian contacts with the Trump campaign, and administration officials, and the dismissal of FBI Director James Comey. NPR News and uh, WITF will provide live coverage of the hearing starting at 2.30 this afternoon, so be sure to tune in for that. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Welcome back to Smart Talk. We're talking about a bill that uh, expands gambling, legal gambling, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, we're kind of running around all over the state with uh, a lot of different organizations, a lot of different people. I want to talk now with uh, State Representative Jason Dawkins, who is a Democrat who represents uh, parts of Philadelphia County. Representative Dawkins, welcome to the program. All right, I'll try to get there you go. Representative Dawkins, are you there? Yes, can you oh, hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. First of all, you oppose uh, this this piece of legislation. Why? Well, several reasons. One, I believe it was rushed. Uh, it was about a 700-page bill that we pretty much got noticed the uh, Monday before it ran um, that it was going to be coming out. And even during the vote, we were unable to access the bill to uh, thoroughly read it to see exactly what was in the bill. Furthermore, I had an opportunity to question the maker on some of the pieces that we were able to read in the bill, and the maker of the bill was unable to articulate exactly how this particular bill was going to be implemented, and there were certain uh, pieces within the bill that had uh, designated funding for different pet projects throughout the state, but those different pet projects required additional legislation, which was not offered on the same night as the bill ran, so it kind of made zero sense to me to proceed with a bill that we weren't fully ready to vote on. So your biggest objection is that it, the, the speed in which it, it, it came through. It might mean, am I accurate when I'm saying this? Are there other that, par- That's one of my issues. The other issue is, you know, I represent an area in Philadelphia that has a high concentration of what we call is stop-and-go uh, beer and liquor takeouts. So in my area, they've been converting uh, your traditional mom-and-pop bars into a takeout uh, shot, you know, shots by the glass type of uh, model, and it doesn't work for us uh, in the city of the first class, and what we want is some protections to be able to strip out um, that particular uh, brand uh, from not being able to participate in this program, because it makes zero sense for, you know, these particular operators to take away all the chairs, all the tables, and only serve folks to a bulletproof glass, and on top of the insult, you're going to now have some type of gaming uh, vehicle within that same establishment that only is going to perpetuate the problems we have in the city of the first class around, uh, you know, alcoholisms and and all these other, you know, gamblisms that's causing families to break down. We just thought there wasn't any checks and balances in the process. Earlier in the program, I spoke with your colleague, uh, Representative Mike Sterla, also a Democrat uh, from Lancaster County, who uh, said that, you know, what's going on across the state is that there is illegal gambling going on in some of the places that you just described, that what the state is doing now is just going to be, you know, make it legal that uh, we the state would be able to bring that money in. Well, well, here's the challenge. As we know, uh, the state of Pennsylvania is a huge state, and there's different realities in different parts. So, uh, you know, I respect 
uh, my colleague for wanting to expand gaming in areas like Lancaster, where you may not have a concentration of you know these terminals or, or such. But in the city of the first class, you know we have over 1,700 active licenses um, that will be you know eligible instantly once this is passed. That will go directly into our communities. So there there is a different reality um, based on you know your zip code uh, when, when we're talking about the state of Pennsylvania. So you know I do believe there is room to expand gaming, but I think we have to do it in a respectful and, and responsible manner. Mm. Uh, let's talk about uh, the revenue aspect of this. I mean, there are some people pointing to this and saying, okay, the state has a multi-billion dollar structural budget deficit and a billion dollar jef- deficit for this fiscal year. If this does raise the two to three hundred million dollars that uh, it is projected now, not in the first year, as Representative Sterla pointed out, but uh, down the road a little bit, that that is a way that uh, revenue is generated without having to raise taxes. What do you think about that? So I think, again, it's an optimistic look at what they believe is the projection of revenue. Um, from what we have learned, that most of the revenue will be in the early stages, and then there wouldn't be any true sustainable uh, revenue going forward. So we're we're really prying on the fact of people going and using these terminals in such a matter to produce that type of revenue. The problem is this that it's a fact that 75% of individuals who have a gambling addiction also have a drinking uh, disorder. So when you have that cocktail of uh, recipe, you know what you're going to do to certain communities. By uh, uh, following this, this, this vice that we're going to put into a community and using uh, what some would call a, as a, a syntax to produce revenue when we have an opportunity as a governing body to do responsible uh, reforms right here in the, in the state of Pennsylvania to bring up revenue, such as a personal income tax, which we can instantly institute any given day if we were really serious about doing this, and also getting serious about how do we expand uh, some of the, the programming that we have to produce more jobs and produce more actual viability throughout the state to produce more revenues. So there's other ways for us to get to that end goal without uh, destroying some communities that would ultimately just be overpopulated with this particular terminal. All right, so let me just be clear here. Uh, you said, that, talking about the personal income tax, you would support an increase in the personal income tax. Uh, what about uh, a tax on, uh, on uh, natural gas drilling? Are those things that you would support to close that budget deficit? The natural gas drill, with all honesty, I believe we missed that window. I think we had an opportunity um, back in uh, 2014, 2015 to really implement um, that particular tax, and we kind of missed that. We missed that window. If you look at the current uh, price per uh, per barrel, it doesn't really generate the same type of revenue that we projected when we first did the study. So at this particular point, I don't believe that the extraction tax makes a ton of sense. I think you you make more sense by increasing your PIT because we are the the lowest PIT rate in, in entire uh, states that we should be able to move at one point, and that would generate roughly about $4 billion to our overall uh, budget, which would eliminate all the deficits that we currently are talking about and provide new money for new programs to implement in this state. Uh, But your Republican colleagues, of course, will disagree with you and say you're taking more money out of working people's pockets. The, the, the argument that I, I always had with that particular argument is that we, in that particular bill, we were exempting those who made less than fifty thousand. If you made, if you made between a hundred thousand and two hundred thousand, you've seen an average of twenty to forty dollars per check. Twenty if you made a hundred thousand, and forty if you made two hundred thousand. I'm not, you know, uh, going to speak for all those who who make a hundred thousand dollars. What I would say. You, we should be willing to pay additional $20 into our state for better education opportunities, for safer neighborhoods, and for job growth right here in this great state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. State Representative Jason Dawkins, a Democrat from Philadelphia. Representative Dawkins, thank you very much for being with us today. 
Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day. I want to read an email we got from a listener. Uh, Tom and Carlisle says, one of the two major causes of bankruptcies in Pennsylvania is gambling debt. The other is medical bills. A sin tax on gambling makes those who don't gamble feel good, but it adds more opportunity to those with gambling problems. That leads into our next guest on the program. Josh Urkel is the chief operating officer for the Council on Compulsive Gambling of Pennsylvania. Mr. Urkel, welcome to the program. Oh, good morning. Thank you, Scott. So let's address that email that I just received right off the bat. What do you think of that? I'm not sure where those statistics come from. I, I'm not familiar that, that uh, gambling addiction or problems associated with gambling addiction are one of the leading uh, causes of financial difficulty. I, I can certainly uh, agree that they are a significant part. Uh, but I, I can't comment too much on that without having the, the uh, source of, of where those, those statistics come from. Um, you know, it's certainly that is a concern that, that we focus on, um, you know, with regard to this bill and the expansion uh, at the council. We don't take a stance on participation or, or uh, legislation to expand or not expand gambling, but our focus is primarily on making sure that if there is going to be an expansion, or if there's going to be any type of gambling, that we want to make sure that there are safety nets in place. We want to make sure that there's customer protections and age verification and options for exclusion and, and you know voluntary exclusion, that sort of thing. I'm a that's, bit. That's a little bit more the focus that we take. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit surprised that you don't take a position on the expansion of gambling because, obviously, if there is an expansion, there is the potential for more compulsive gambling across the state. And that's exactly why we want to make sure that there are that there is language in the bill to make sure that there is prevention, that there is sources for training to make sure that we do have help in place, and more importantly, that, that there's treatment options available. Uh, currently, a lot of the language that's included in bills uh, kind of stems around the use of the 800 number, which is the 800 number, uh, which we operate in Pennsylvania, and this is a great first step. But we feel that there are a number of significant uh, items that should be also included or at least considered for inclusion. You know, to to uh, you know to go back to what you were saying as far as having a stance on whether or not it should or shouldn't be. Um, you know, gambling in and of itself, we, we can't recognize as a bad thing. The majority of the population is able to control themselves and participate in a responsible manner. We focus on that small percentage of people who are not able to do so, and that's that's really the area of focus that, that we take. So, in this bill, have you studied it enough to know whether those things are built in? So, there is some language. Uh, it's not as extensive as we would like to see. Um, I've written letters to some of the, the uh, Senate and House leaders uh, asking them to consider additional uh, language in the bill. Um, that that I don't know how far that went or how if that was considered I, I was not contacted but I did want to make sure that at least our voice was heard um, in terms of what safeguards we would like to see included at a minimum uh, in the past we've been invited to testify at public hearings and we've been invited to write letters as well um, but I don't know at this point um, what will be considered as it goes back and forth through the General Assembly well, what... uh, as far as I know the, the bill as it went through the House um, on that, that, that evening um, vote, it, it didn't have the, the language that we requested, I don't believe, was included. Out of those 675 pages, your language wasn't in there? Um, as far as I know, it was not. But I, again, I, I haven't had time to read every single page. Just perusing the, the article or perusing the bill, um, I saw that there were certain safeguards that are aimed at making sure, again, that there is an 800 number that's placed on uh, machines or if it's online, that they're on the website. Um, but as far as some of the additional considerations, I didn't see those included. So what are the additional considerations that uh, you would like to see in the bill? Well, you know, again, so what you were mentioning earlier with, with uh, saying that we now will have hundreds or thousands of casinos, obviously, uh, just because a place may have, um, you know, if there's a location with four or five gambling machines, that doesn't necessarily categorize this as a casino, which 
under regulation in Pennsylvania, casinos will have surveillance and cameras and security and all these sort of things. Well, they're all in place to make sure that customers are protected and also that there is age verification and a number of other sorts of resources. And, and we want to make sure that these things are considered. If a, a small corner bar has five or, or three or however many video gaming terminals, we want to make sure that that is something that is going to be protected as far as from a consumer standpoint so to not have age verification or to not have any type of uh, protection in that in that manner that's a major concern because if a machine is not regulated to the point that somebody can walk in and just start to play that could potentially be problematic in addition to not have self-exclusion which is a voluntary ban that as a customer who might be suffering from a problem or developing a problem, to not have that awareness that this is a program that may may or may not exist, uh, that could certainly be problematic. Uh, there's a number of different considerations. Uh, limiting the amount of play, having a self-limit that you can impose on the machine or on the, the website that you're participating in. Uh, this is something that uh, some states are starting to adopt, and we feel that it's certainly got a, a large, uh, a, a certain amount of value to it. Yeah, I, um, uh, I understand that Massachusetts uh, is, is a state that uh, where you could actually can set a limit on yourself. But and you also talk, talk about self-exclusion. I'm, I'm curious about that because, I mean, with many people and the name of your organization is, uh, you know, compulsive gambling, that people are addicted to gambling uh, unless they admit that they have a gambling problem, you know, th- are they going to self-exclude themselves? Well, you know, it's it's not – every situation is not going to be different. So we have some people that may uh, see that there is a problem developing and want to take that first step. And that first step may be a number of different things. That may be calling a helpline. It may be reaching out for help. It may be seeing a counselor. And in many cases, it may be self-excluding. Right now, the self-exclusion program in Pennsylvania is solely operated by the, the Gaming Control Board's Office of Compulsive and Problem Gambling. Last year, they hit the 10,000 mark in terms of people signing up for that program. And in the past year, there's been another 1,400 people who've signed up. So the program is certainly well uh, – it, it's, it's well advertised and it's being utilized in, in pretty significant numbers. Uh, that program has only been around since 2006, so in a – you know, about a decade's time, uh, we hit that 10,000 mark. So, you know, to answer your question, there there are a lot of folks who may see that as a a first step. Uh, it's not treatment, but it is an excellent deterrent. It's an excellent boundary and an excellent addition to treatment. And that's what we hope people would would seek is if they have a problem that they would find. Uh, the, the self-exclusion as a, a part of the solution. How is someone treated for a gambling addiction? I mean, is it like a substance abuse, uh, drinking, drugs, opioids? Is it, I mean, obviously it's not a physical addiction like uh, an opioid, but uh, how is someone treated? Well, it, it's categorized no differently than a, a substance use disorder um, diagnostically. Uh, at this point, there's been some recent changes over the past couple of years in, in uh, the uh, DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Uh, so basically what is seen is you're correct in that it's not a physical addiction in terms of a substance being ingested, but what happens in the brain is seen very, very similarly. So as far as treatment approaches, a lot of times there are treatment approaches that will closely mirror substance use uh, disorder treatment approaches. Um, there are some that seem to have a greater impact, uh, but again, it's not in every, you know, it's not one size fits all approach. So there's going to be some, um, some treatment of modalities that may work better with one population or one individual that don't quite work as well in this, in this regard. Um, but Overall, I guess to answer your question, would be very similar to uh, those suffering from drug and alcohol. A lot of those treatment methods would uh, also adhere to working with a, a, a person who's suffering from a, a gambling disorder. And that's a lot of the trainings that take place in Pennsylvania are focused on working with current drug and alcohol or addictions counselors to include gambling treatment 
as an as a, a an option in in terms of what their uh, current um, offerings are. Before two thousand four. Um, when we're talking about legal gambling in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania lottery was the only game in town, if I could use a pun. Uh, and we've seen the commercials, you know, almost any advertising, I think even on the tickets, it says a gambling problem has the 800 number to call. What is that 800 number to call, by the way? The 800 number that's most widely advertised in Pennsylvania is 1-800-GAMBLER. And that is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, 100% absolute live call center. So when you call this number, this is a a source to get help. So basically, if you call this number, it can be you, it could be a friend or family member of somebody who's suffering from a problem. They'll be put in touch with a list of resources. So uh, a counselor or counseling agency in, um, in the area of where the call comes from, maybe the time and location of a Gambler's Anonymous meeting, which there are uh, several located throughout the state. Uh, Basically, the idea here is we want to have people uh, have an awareness of and be able to locate help that's close to them. And that's kind of, oh, I'm sorry. No, what I was going to say is we only have about a minute left. But what I wanted to lead into that question is you had the Pennsylvania Lottery 2004. uh, We had slot machines. Now there's table games. And now we're expanding even more. Uh, Have you seen an increase in compulsive gambling, uh, those who are addicted to gambling, since all these things happened after 2004? Well, it's difficult to say uh, just based on the lack of baseline studies that we had back in that period as far as the percentage or the number of folks suffering from gambling problems. What we have seen is that as more and more gambling uh, sources have become available, um, and not I should mention, along with those, there has also been a, a large percentage of um, – availability of helpline services and helpline phone numbers that have also been advertised, that combination, we have seen more calls over the past 10 years coming mm-hmm. in. Uh, but it's it's impossible to say that there are more compulsive gamblers because there was never a starting point to base that from. Josh Urkel is the Chief Operating Officer for the Council on Compulsive Gambling of Pennsylvania. Mr. Urkel, thank you very much for being with us today. Well, thanks for your time, Scott. I appreciate it. Obviously a big issue and uh, one that we'll be paying attention to here on Smart Talk and on WITF News. Coming up on tomorrow's program, we'll discuss public school funding and the surpluses that some school districts are carrying. Smart Talk is produced by WITF as part of our mission to deliver relevant, high-quality programming. Support for this program comes from Capital Blue Cross, which shares WITF's commitment to being a valuable and trusted resource for the communities we serve. Capital Blue Cross, live fearless. Smart Talk is also supported by Pinnacle Health Spine Institute, offering a complete range of services to diagnose and treat your spine condition. More information is available at pinnaclehealth.org/spine.